welcome as we welcome in Zach Lang from Oilers Nation back to the program. Good morning, Zach. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Nice day outside once again. Crisp, huh? (laughs) Very crisp outside. (laughs) A little nippy. A little nippy. So we just heard that La Bamba song. Do you have a preference? Do you like Los Lobos? Do you like Richie Valens or there's original versions before that? What do you like? I uh, like the Richie Valens version personally. Mm. Uh, that's the one that uh, that does it for me. But you know what? Lost Lobos, you can't complain with that one whatsoever. I, I think it's great that they've got mm. this song continuing yeah. to play as the, the win song for this team. Uh, I think it's awesome because, you know, it gets to honor, uh, you know, the late Joey Moss, the late Ben Stelter. Um, we know how both, how much both of those guys love that song, so it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing to say the least. Yeah, Joey used to love to sing sing that one, well, many many songs, and he was uh, he was rock solid at it. Did you ever see that La Bamba movie with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips? You know what? I don't think that I have. Oh, you got to check that uh, one out. Look that one up. Yeah, check that one out, Zach. You'll uh, you'll enjoy it. So, uh, just a first take on uh, the Oilers four two win last night over LA. Uh, much needed win, honestly. Um, it felt good to kind of snap the skin and watch them do it. I think it was uh, it wasn't a perfect game, but you know what? Sometimes you kind of need a bit of a ugly, scrappy one to kind of get you out of it a little bit. And you know, I was pretty critical of the the line changes last night, but mm-hmm. you know, in the bigger picture, they worked out fine last night. Uh, we'll see how long they last moving forward here. But uh, yeah, it was good. You got everything that you kind of needed out of that one. You know, your offense showed up. Defensively, I thought the Oilers had a good game. Stuart Skinner was great in the crease. Um, he had all the elements of what you need for uh, a win to snap a skid. Uh, what did you make of the play of Leon Dreisettle? Uh, last couple games in the Duke just mentioned it, maybe getting a little more criticism than than he normally receives. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to c- criticize one of the best players in the world, but at times maybe the expectations are obviously different too. But he came up with a pretty good performance last night. Yeah, he absolutely did. You know what? He kind of quieted the haters a little bit, so to speak, given the uh, penalty against Calgary. And, you know, there were some people that were kind of calling for his head and calling for him to, you know, get stapled to the bench or not play the rest of the game. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who scored 50 goals three times. And in that Calgary game, the Oilers needed a goal. They needed to try and get themselves back into it. And I think that's why you have to keep Leon Dreisaitl on the ice. And last night, again, just proved it. Um, you know, he had a goal and an assist, a nice power play marker there. But the thing for me was there was a play in the third period where he took the puck in the neutral zone and drove wide really hard on Drew Doughty. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little, you know, shot on goal, scoring chance, whatever you want to call it, the one-handed flip of the puck. And that was when the Oilers already had a 3-2 lead too. Like this is, I think it just shows the the commitment that this guy has on a regular basis to, you know, continuing to try to be one of the greatest players in the NHL. Zach Lang, Oilers Nation, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Warren Fogle had a, another solid game on the forecheck, I thought, last night and had a couple of setups to uh, Ryan McLeod. And uh, this is a guy that just keeps – he hasn't had a tail off. Like, he's been steady. He was the Oilers' best player at the start of the year when they were really, really slumping. He's maybe had a little ebb and flow, a little dip here and there, but he, his consistency continues to show. What do you think about his play in the last little bit? I think it's been excellent. I'm a huge fan of Warren Fogel's game. I think this is somebody that the Oilers actually need to be playing in their top six on a regular basis. You know, we saw over the stretch run of that 16-game winning streak, you know, Fogel was operating at like a point-per-game clip playing up on the second line with Leon Dreisaitl. And the and there, there continues to be this talk around Edmonton of, 
well, they need a top six winger. Well, they need a top six winger. Well, I think the Oilers have a top six winger right here in Warren Fogle, who's kind of being buried a little bit on the third line. And you know what? I wasn't a fan of him getting dropped down the lineup after those three games. Um, you know, he he looked really good against uh, Boston, Minnesota, and Calgary. He had 13 high danger scoring chances at five on five. That led all NHL forwards by five over that stretch. Um, I know it's a small sample size, but he was incredibly effective up there. He had the two goal performance against Boston, a lot of good looks against Minnesota and Calgary. I think this is somebody who, especially this season, is at the at his best when he's playing in the top six with, you know, one of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And yes, obviously playing with those guys makes everybody better. But Warren Fogel is a guy who's showing that he can, you know, play in this top six. Goals by defenseman. If you look at the list on the NHL, it's uh, you got guys like Kale McCarr with 13, Drew Doughty, 13, Quinn Hughes, 12, Roman Yossi's got 12. But look at the top of the list Mackenzie Weger with 15, and Evan Bouchard with 15, including the game winner last night, Zach. Yeah, boy, what a shot, hey? Like, just this was the patent boosh bomb from him. Like, he absolutely unloaded that one. And it was great to see because, you know, everybody's made so much about that, you know, the 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 weird defensive play on the Lafriere goal that made, that made it 2-1 for mm-hmm. L.A. But, you know, Evan Bouchard is still a young defenseman who's still learning the defensive side of the game. And the truth of the matter is, is that he he gets a lot more than he gives up defensively and and I think especially with the way he's able to provide offense and you take a look at his performance last night he had the assist on that Leon Drysaddle goal uh, the power play marker there and that's it's kind of interesting because it was like you saw every side of Evan Bouchard last night you saw those little defensive miscues where you know he kind of pinches what he shouldn't have or you know misses a guy defensively but then he's got that great soft wrist shot from the point that always can find its way on the net Sets up the Leon Dreisaitl goal, and then the big shot with the game winner from the point. I mean, this is what you get with Evan Bouchard. And if you know we're going to continue to have these defensive miscues from Bouchard here and there, and him continue to provide offense the way that he does, hmm. does I'm I'm all here for it. Quite honestly, I think this is uh, somebody who is going to be in the Norris Trophy conversation in short time. Zach Lang, Oilers Nation, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show. Stu Skinner had two, three massive saves on that five-on-three power play and uh, 38 in total. And a lot of people were questioning his game in the last couple of weeks, but boy, did he make a statement last night. Yeah, he absolutely did. It's it's quick. It, it's easy to pick on the goaltender, right? I think this is something that, you know, Oilers fans are just accustomed to doing over the last you know, 10 or 15 years. It never mattered who it was in the crease. It always seemed that, you know, they weren't good enough or that Dustin Schwartz needs to be fired. And I think at times there's been some just calls for, you know, Dustin Schwartz and what he had done. But at the end of the day, Stuart Skinner has developed into a starting goaltender in the NHL and a really, really good one. And again, he's a guy who's going to live and die by the ebbs of flo- ebbs and flows of this Oilers team, right? When the Oilers defensively aren't sharp and they're not as responsible as they need to well that makes life more difficult on your goaltender and Stuart Skinner is a guy who at the end of the day is still only in his second full season of NHL action so you know this is still really just a kid that the Oilers got in their crease 
Um, you know, he, he looks a lot older than just a kid at 25 with that mustache too. But <laughs> you know what? This is somebody who who's still trying to find his way in the NHL. Um, but it was a great bounce back performance from him. Too. Yeah, you know, like people, they, I, it always befuddles me. And I, I guess I've only been doing this job for six months, but I've been been around a long time in the sense that I get a, a pulse on people and how they, and, and Oilers fans, that's what I'm talking about. And man, I, I didn't think it was at all deserving that they were all over Dustin Schwartz at the start of the year. It never made any any sense to me um, at all. Uh, what did you make of Oiler fans? And, and you know what? They're not Oiler fans. I don't think they are Oiler fans when they're upset that their team is cheering last night. Team is doing the wave in the building. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand that. How can you be upset about that? I, I don't understand it either. You know what? These are people who are paying damn good money yeah. to go and watch the Edmonton Oilers play. If they want to have fun and stand up and throw their arms in the air. Well, let them. Who's saying you can't be doing that? I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. I like I think there's like the superstition uh, from people of like, ooh, you don't want to like mess with the ebbs and the flows of the game or anything like that. But hey, the Oilers got a power play out of the uh, out of the wave last night, so you know what? It worked out just fine for them. Yeah, it's almost like you know what would you do in the NFL? Are you supposed to? Let's just say it's uh, in the fourth quarter and your team's defense is on the field, but you have the lead. Should you not cheer? Are you, I, I mean, yeah, I don't absolutely. understand. Like just and you know, send us people send us a text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you can explain to me why you think it was wrong for people to do the wave, to cheer loud. I would like to hear it. I would love to hear it. Uh, Zach, before we let you go, I know you're also big into Jays Nation and things like that. Uh, what did you make? Uh, well, I mean, spring training, we're just getting going here. But Zach, uh, in the sense that uh, uh, the Jays played yesterday, beat Pittsburgh 8-4, and Vladimir Guerrero saw his first spring training action. Yeah, it's exciting. This is uh, this was a really weird offseason for, for Blue Jays fans. They... They thought they were going to land Shohei Otani, and then that didn't work out for him. And then it was kind of quiet the rest of the offseason. There wasn't really the big splash that a lot of people were hoping for. But I think at the end of the day, the Jays are kind of looking for the internal improvements from this club that was really close last year. You know, the, the issue with the Jays last year was that their offense just couldn't get going in the playoffs, right? Their pitching was tremendous all season last year. It was arguably the best in the entire big leagues. And I think right now we're starting to see the hype of this season start to build up a little bit. Bo Bichette's looked really great mm-hmm. through the first couple of training games. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. looks like he is in absolutely incredible shape this season. You've got Alex Manoa, who's taking the mound today. He's another guy who looks like he's in great shape, bounced back, ready to go this year. I think this is going to be an exciting year for the Toronto Blue Jays. I really do. Um, a lot of guys here uh, that the team needs to kind of take a step forward, though. You know, it's funny, Zach, if you were to say, ah, it's the first spring training start for a pitcher. He's only going to pitch one or two innings. But, I mean, this is a big, big game for Alec Manoa today. Yeah, it really is. You know, the disastrous season last year was pretty outrageous. It was really kind of tough to see from him because, again, this was a guy two years ago who was uh, you know, a Cy Young candidate. He was a... He was an all-star at the all-star game. He was looking really, really great. And the regression last year was disappointing to see in the way that I think, you know, he handled it. He probably has mm-hmm. some regrets and wish he would have handled it himself a little bit differently. But you know what? Last year, he didn't come in ready and he didn't come in ready for the season. And this year, that is a completely different story. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a really big start for him today. And, 
it's going to be great to see him get on the mound and uh, throw a few innings here. What did you make of uh, Yusei Kikuchi uh, yesterday against Pittsburgh? He's great. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's passing on the uh, revenge tour title from himself <laughs> last year uh, to Manoa this year. So hopefully uh, some of that can rub off on Manoa and help him get going too. But Kikuchi's a great number four, number five for this team. Like he really has been awesome. Um and I thought the way that he rebounded himself last year uh, was excellent and exactly what uh, this rotation really needed. And this rotation, how would you, when you're comparing it to the rest of the AL East, how do you say, where, where do you rank it? How does it stack up? Uh, honestly, to me, I think the Jays have the best rotation mm-hmm. in the AL East. I think they've got the best bullpen in, in the AL East. You take a look at all their major numbers last year, and the Blue Jays had one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball um, right up there with the best of them. And I don't really think that much has changed from them. And the truth of the matter is, too, is that, you know, they're going to be getting a refreshed Alec Manoa back this year, too. Like, Manoa probably sunk some of the team numbers a little <laughs> bit last year. So uh, I have absolutely no concerns here uh, with the Jays pitching staff uh, whatsoever, whatsoever yeah. whether it's the starters uh, or the relievers. You know, Chad Green threw uh, a little bit yesterday, and if he's healthy, that's going to be massive uh, in the bullpen. And, I mean, Romano was like, I was watching him yesterday. I don't think I've heard him grunt like that. He was really just really grunting like crazy. I don't know if you he caught that part. He was in mid-season form <laughs> yesterday. Maybe it was like just the really way the was. audio, I don't know, maybe the way the audio was or, or whatever in, in Florida, but, man, he was really, really giving her. So, yeah, and you know what? Sometimes that gets picked up on the Jays broadcast, too. Like, he really puts everything mm-hmm. he's got into those uh, into those pitches. Of course, as the closer, he's, you know, only out there for, you know, an inning. Sometimes he's got to try and stretch and get four or five outs. But, yeah, Romano, he's uh, one of the best closers <laughs> in the league for a yeah. reason, too. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's a big part of this pitching staff and his ability to go out there throw absolute gas and get these outs late in the game is has been pretty key for this team for a couple of mm-hmm. years now. Yeah, you know, they're still missing a piece or two. We'll see. I, I think IKF plays a little more third than people think. But uh, yeah. and w- what do you make of the Justin Turner signing? You like it? Yeah, I like it. I do. You know what? Yeah. This is uh, a guy who has been there, done that around the major leagues for a very long time here. He's got familiarity uh, with Don Mattingly, who's rocking an absolutely glorious beard this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that look for him. But you know what? Turner, again, he's this year's Brandon Belt. Um, you know, the Jay signed Belt last year for him to kind of come in and be the designated hitter, you know, maybe play a little bit at first here and there. And Brandon Belt was awesome. Like, yeah. He was a big part of this Jays team last year. So I'm a big fan of it personally. I mean, I, I would still really like to see the Jays go back and re-sign Matt Chapman here. Like, I mm-hmm. think, uh, first and foremost, it's ridiculous how many of these guys we still have that are sitting there on the market, you know, without contracts. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, yeah. Matt Chapman, these Scott Boris clients. It's just, it's not a good look whatsoever. But um, that's a whole story for another day. But with Chapman, you know what? Like, he had a really great start to the season last year. Uh, that first month, month and a half, he was the AL player of the month, I, I think, for March. And then his offense really kind of tailed off through the rest of the season. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who has won multiple gold gloves over there at third base. He's arguably the best third base third baseman from a defensive perspective in the entire league. And I think Isaiah Kiner Fluff is going to do fine over mm-hmm. at third. Um, you know, they'll platoon him with some other names, maybe see a little bit Turner over there. Uh, some younger guys probably, you know, coming through that spot on the hall corner too. But I just think Chapman's defensive capabilities are just so important and so strong. Um, 
I'd really like to see the Jays take a swing and try and bring him back here, even if it's for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Hey, Zach, thanks for this. Thanks for your input on the Oilers. And the Jays have a great rest of your day. Thanks for getting up early for us today. Thanks a lot. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kevin.